0: Love Talk
1: Radio My name is Bessie Lee Price and I'm from a small town in Arkansas namely Pine Bluff, Arkansas in Jefferson County and I'm on a journey with Neville D'Angelo.
2: My name is Rick Price uh, of Dallas, Texas. I'm retired, uh, age 54. So, I'm out! <laughs> 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 and I'm on the journey with Neville D'Angelo. My name is Anita Marina. I'm an original Oki from Muskogee, And I'm on the journey with Neville D'Angelo. I'm Booker Marina, Jr. I'm originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm married to the lovely Anita Marina. We've been married for some 40 years now. She is the original Oki from Muskogee.
0: And I'm here on the journey with Neville D'Angelo. I am Neville D'Angelo. And you are on the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places to meet fascinating people with novel solutions to life's tricky little problems. We play a few games, too, as we track the phenomenal characters of three classic books. A Soundsbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicit, A Time to Begin Again. Today we are celebrating African American heritage.
1: My mother and her friend, we were driving somewhere, and she's bragging on me. She said, "My daughter is beautiful. She's got great eyelashes. She's got the cheekbones. She's got great lips." And then she's going on, and she adds, "If she could, you imagine if she had any lightness in her skin at all, she'd be gorgeous." And just that last little part, just. All that pride that I had about her, you know, having her brag on me just dissipated. Just dissipated. And I think that that moment is when I really became aware.
2: She was the smart child. And why is she the smart child? Because she is white. Okay, show me the dumb child. And why is she the dumb child? Because she's gay. Well, show me the ugly child. And why is she the ugly child? Because she's gay. Show me the good-looking child. And why is she the good-looking child? Because she likes skating. I think I remember
0: most saying that, you know, if I... If I had a little girl,
1: I just, I didn't want her to be dark.
0: The standing question today is, where do we go from here? When I was a lad, my history teacher gave me this book. I've kept it ever since. It is called Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass, an American Slave, written by himself. At the back of the book are written these words. Frederick Douglass was born into bondage and sold repeatedly in the slave markets of the South because he secretly taught himself to read and write a crime punishable by death we possess one of the most eloquent indictments of slavery ever recorded There are many reasons I have held on to this book None of which had to do with my need for any more indictments of slavery, or revelations of the daily terrors of the slave, or even the heartlessness of the slaveholders and those who design biblical or biological refuge to condone it. No. I've kept this book for a better reason, and I'll share it with you in a while. If you're listening to us live or you've downloaded this podcast from iTunes or website, I encourage you to go to my blog post entitled, I Wish I Could. You'll find it on The Journey's blog, which is matchboxmystery.wordpress.com. Let me repeat that, matchboxmystery.wordpress.com. There I share the story of Clara, Timmy, and their child. I hope you'll join the celebration. You'll also find several program and guest-related links, as well as details and responses to our standing question today, where do we go from here? In honor of Black History Month, I decided to spend some time with two successful families, the Price family and the Marina family, I had no specific agenda. I just wanted to listen to whatever goodies they'd have to share and to see what I might glean for you and as well in anticipation of my visit to Timmy and Clara. As I said, I talk about Timmy and Clara in my blog. I am grateful to them that they agreed to do this. Mr. Price mentioned to me that his mother, Mrs. Bessie Lee Price, might want to share with me one of her study courses on biblical blackness, a course she and her pastor developed to dispense with the false negative black stereotypes that seem to crop up everywhere. I said, sure. Ladies and gentlemen, let me give you the heads up right now. So, you would have to pick your jaws off of the floor or pluck your eyes off of the wall. Mrs. Bessie Lee Price was not kidding me. took the train heading north, past the stop of the recent deadly incident. I looked out wondering what really happened there. I left the train and took a taxi past golf Courses to a sprawl of huge houses. I got out, paid the taxi driver, and was welcome at the Price's home by his wife. Gorgeous house. Mr. Price is retired a tall black man, and former vice president of Verizon. Uh, This was not my first visit. They've also welcomed me several times to their ranch and farm with his horses and cows and fishing lake, and he's even allowed my group to camp out there. I hugged the little girl that greeted me, and there was Mrs. Bessie Price, beaming. I had met her a while back at a Thanksgiving event And she remembered me. And now she was ready to teach me.
1: Adam, the first man created by God was a Negroid. Most people don't know that and would rather not believe that, especially the Caucasoids.
0: Right there, a thousand questions flooded my head. I wasn't sure whether to let it spill or to shut up and listen. She anticipated me and I listened.
1: Yes, first we looked at the geographical location of Eden. That's where we all came from according to the Bible. That's where Adam and Eve was in a garden Mm -hmm. in Eden. But it says, to start with the origin of mankind and his location, one must start at the recorded beginning to give credibility to the following statement, that mankind's beginning was in Africa, that the first man, Adam, was a dark-skinned black man. The critics would debate this, therefore it is necessary to back each statement with scientific evidence. This will be proven in archeological, anthropologically, Mm -hmm. biologically, as well as theologically. Geographical location of Eden and the archeological evidence Archaeologists believe that the seven continents on the earth were originally one land. The Bible says it was a land, a landmass known as the Pangaea continent.
0: Mrs. Price paced through these. I'm moving forward just in the interest of time. She discussed rivers and nations. She talked about Moses, Solomon, Bathsheba, Noah, the sons of Noah. She talked about the flood. I asked a few questions trying to ascertain why folks don't seem to read it this way. And then I returned to Eden, and specifically the Pangaea.
1: Pangea continent, that's what the whole earth was, one big continent. Mm-hmm. But then, after uh, a certain length of time, God just broke it up. If, if you take the countries now like... Uh, uh, all the countries that we are separated from us by water—if mm-hmm. you put them together, mm-hmm. it would be just like putting together a crossword puzzle. Mm-hmm. Because at one time they were all together. Mm-hmm. God just broke them up, separated the the nations. Mm-hmm. He didn't separate races, but he separated nations.
2: Mm-hmm. But so, why do you think they've gotten it wrong? So. Oh. I, I'm not, I believe it up to you, I'm searching
0: for answers right now, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I have the answers, I, I, I find that fascinating, one, 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 of, one of the questions I, I would want to ask you, but I don't want to stop your train of thought, so um, uh, there are two things that you you uh, put to, to, to me here, one of them is that there were three types of nations, the Caucasoids, the Mongoloids, and the Negroids, mm-hmm. and you also put to me that the origin of man in the Garden of Eden started with the Negroid. Right. So where I'm going to, uh, somewhere along the line, I'm going to ask, how did we get the other two? Um, but I don't want it to stop your train at all because you could right, okay. either answer now or, uh, or come, maybe it's gonna, you're gonna come to it.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: and I would have asked that question even if you told me the Caucasus were first. Mm-hmm. I still wanted to know. How they...
1: Well, in where the caucasoids mm-hmm. uh, migrated to after the breaking up of the Pangaea, mm-hmm. they they were in the northernmost part, like Russia, mm-hmm. and and you heard of the Caucasoid Mountains, very cold, mm-hmm. and the air is light, and their nose may have started out. In the first generation, may have started out with big nose like some other Africans, but in the cold place where they were, they didn't take as much air mm-hmm. to keep cool, so their nose narrowed and there wasn't sun and elements to kink their hair, so mm-hmm. they just got whiter mm-hmm. and whiter in mm-hmm. their environment. Mm-hmm. They may have been light skinned already, but in their environment, mm-hmm. they they came to be lighter. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put man whom he had formed. That's Genesis 2 and 8. Eden was the land mass and the garden was planted in the eastern region of it.
0: So you see the garden as not just, you see this as practically a whole huge land mass rather than just a a small portion of the big land mass.
1: Uh, it was not. I, I see the garden as not being the whole of Africa, but mm-hmm. I see it as being in Africa, right. because it mention those rivers. Right, right.
0: But, but for a moment there, I thought uh, there's something that you said that seemed to suggest to me that the Garden of Eden was, uh, rather than the size, let's make it up of a city, might have been the size of a nation, yeah, or you weren't. Right? You, were you saying that? Yeah. Right, because
1: mm-hmm. uh, say for instance, we have North America, mm-hmm. and the state of Texas is located in North America, right. but it's so, the south southwestern right, corner right, of right, North right. America. So, okay. So you couldn't say the whole uh, uh, North America was Texas. Right. It's a portion right, of right. North America. This right. a portion, portion of North, right. North America. Right. Uh-huh. Right. It, it's so much information until you can't digest it all. Cause I, well, our pastor is very aware of uh, the table of nations, and he asked several of them. Some of those people are deans at the colleges, but some of them were reluctant to, you know. You know how it is, some people can be very up-to-date and know a lot mm-hmm. about world stuff, but mm-hmm. when it comes down to the Bible, they kind of can't grasp it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he always told me I grasped the scriptures better than so many others that had greater education than I did. And so I, he asked me to teach this yes, class. I, because and who, and who's the pastor,
0: do you mind saying? David
1: Hill, uh, First Trinity Church of God in Christ. Mm-hmm. Pastor DeWitt Hill.
0: Okay, and that's in Arkansas. Right. And and uh, Church of God and Christ. Right. right. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, good. good. So
1: good. he gathers information from a lot of places because mm. he's well known all over the United States and in a lot of the foreign countries. Mm. So he gathers information from mm. some of the people that that studies. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a, a college, a Church of God and Christ College in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So they get their information from some of the the people that are well-known and studies the Bible and figures out something that other people really didn't know mm-hmm. that the Bible contained. Mm-hmm. So, so, what there.
0: Drew, uh, so what drew you to this particular information that um, the, the garden is black-centered, if you were. Mm-hmm. The original folks um, were black, Negroid, or however mm-hmm. you want to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what drew you to look at the Bible in this particular way um, rather than the way most other Americans tend to look at it. Not that I know what most other Americans <laughs> yeah. look at, it, but what we perceive Like I said,
1: yeah. our pastor is very astute when it comes down to mm-hmm. trying to get us to understand things concerning the Bible. Right and this is one of the most important parts of the Bible Right. the, the beginning, beginning. Right. Uh, uh, the beginning. Okay. Yeah. so when he finds information right. uh, he will bring it to us and on Tuesday night Friday night and Sunday night mm-hmm. we have classes mm-hmm. those classes last from 7 until 9, sometimes 9.30 but anyway we get into the lesson and we look it up in the Bible mm-hmm. and prove that a lot of things that we had thought and didn't understand, it's been proven, mm. you know, yeah. by somebody that had a chance to get more information than we have. Right. So when they get the information, they compile it into a book mm. and then pass it on so we can have the knowledge too. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, just like school, that's how children, I love history. When I was going to school, I love history. because. Mm that's how children get to learn is through books.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And you can't just put it out of the sky. <laughs> you have one book that will refer you to another book. Right, right. And then when it refer you to in the beginning
0: right.
1: we know we're on the right track. If it refer you to, right, written, right, to the Bible. Mm-hmm. But some people don't believe in the Bible when, when uh, you don't believe in the Bible I mean, you may believe anything if you don't believe in God.
2: <laughs> but sometimes, well, let, let me just be honest though, if you, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but
0: it seems to me, if you don't mind me just challenging that a bit, okay. that a lot of people who believe in the Bible seems to take the Bible to make them believe in anything as well. So,
1: yeah, that, you... that's, that's what uh, the, uh, what do you call it, uh, arrogance mm-hmm. and... The thing that, that the Caucasians did to the Indians when they came here to mm. th- this, this country, the great part of it was, was uh, inhabited by Indians. Right. And what would, what kind of people would you say the Caucasians and the Spanish were the reason they had a chance to take everything from the Indians and put them on reservation? You tell me. They were, what do you call it, Ricky dominating. Mm-hmm. They they learned to dominate mm-hmm. and and uh, they learned... Conquerors. Yeah, conquerors. They were tricky.
2: They <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: They found out that the Indians couldn't handle liquor. <laughs> 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 they gave them liquor and had them to sign things, you know. Or that liquor made them feel good. And they, when, when they got that liquor, mm-hmm. where they... I think Indians are real easy to get drunk.
0: I love my Indian friends. <laughs> <laughs> so they,
1: they made them drunk, basically, really? and took everything. Well, they fought wars and they slaughtered them because they had better ammunition. The In- Indians are fighters. I mean, they, they would not take it laying down, but they they had better weapons than the Indians did. Mm the Caucasians and I don't know what all the people were that took things from the Indians. You know, you heard them talking about the the, uh, Trail of Tears Mm -hmm. when they overpowered them and and, uh, cheated them out of everything. They sent them off to reservations.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that was called uh, or the justification for that was called Manifest destiny, Mm -hmm. which um, you know, the policy stated that you know it's it's our destiny, our our being the the uh, the dominant people Mm -hmm. or the ruling Mm -hmm. class or the conquering people. Mm -hmm. Trying to avoid using racial terms, Mm -hmm. but they viewed it as, you know, their destiny or God-given destiny to conquer all of this land Mm -hmm. by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. So that was the um, uh, policy Mm -hmm. of the government Mm -hmm. uh, called Manifest Destiny. Well, to go back to your earlier question Mm -hmm. of how heretofore have we gotten it wrong in terms of the uh, historical presence of black people or African Americans or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. That's been very intentionally done in my opinion Mm -hmm. um, by the dominant class of Mm -hmm. people to elevate themselves Mm-hmm. and their own contributions to civilization mm-hmm. by shrouding those contributions of, of others. Mm-hmm. So doesn't necessarily mean that it just happened to, uh, you know, African or African-American mm-hmm. contributions to history and civilization. It also happened to mm-hmm. Chinese, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, contributions to civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, the point is that the people that are in power mm-hmm. will uplift themselves and their contributions in order to retain mm-hmm. and stay in power mm-hmm. and in doing so they will downplay or even shroud the historical contributions of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, over time, uh, you know, those shrouds those begin to be pulled back. I was watching a program uh, recently where we've always been taught in school in this country that Columbus discovered America. Mm. Well, there's uh, uh, archaeological evidence that America, over the uh, centuries preceding, you know, the 1500s when Columbus came here, Mm-hmm. Had been quote unquote discovered multiple times mm-hmm. by the Vikings, mm-hmm. <laughs> by the Chinese, mm-hmm. by the Japanese, yeah. uh, and all of this precedes Columbus. But, you know, we're in a Columbian era mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. so guess who gets the credit? Mr. Columbus. Uh, Mr. Columbus. (laughs) So history is a a very uh, fluid Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. It just depends upon who's
1: telling the story. story. (laughs) (laughs) And the Red Man, Uh we call the Indian, the Red Man, Mm. they were here long before (laughs) anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) But they, you know they 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 pushed that aside, and mm, mm. when they came in, they dominated the mm. red man, mm. and Red man was uh living off the land, mm. yeah, and they killed you know they had fish and and buffalo, and mm-hmm. I think they were growing what they call maize, they call it maize, but we call it corn. Mm-hmm. They were living in in this part of the world. But then they still feel like that Columbus discovered it. But they were already here
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> from from time immemorial, when mm-hmm. the world was all in one piece, the Pangea. When it broke up, uh, they over over I don't know how many years, over millions of years. When it broke up, it just so happened that the red man was in this part, and the the yellow people were in this part, and Caucasian were in the north part and the south part because of the heat and everything, mm-hmm. the temperatures, the climate was what made some of the the Negroid, uh species blacker than the rest of the people. Uh, it, it's been determined that because of the heat and everything caused, because their nose to be flared because it took more air for them to keep cool, mm-hmm. more breath to take in because of the heat in you know in the in the origin of where they came from.
0: But uh, but wouldn't wouldn't uh, when you to, when you told me at first that um, the evidence shows that the original man was negroid, mm-hmm. and and those are the features of the negroid. I would have thought that that was the original features, and then everything else changed from that base mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than that something else caused the um features of the black man to to change, you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh, it, i mean th- that would be my reasoning I'm
2: not uh, you, well, you that, tell me I, yeah, yeah i think I think that's consistent with what she's saying oh okay. <laughs> because she's saying that originally all people were in Africa, so everyone would have had thick noses right, because right. of the... or wide noses right. because of the thickness and the heaviness of the air. Yeah, okay. Oh So that's the point. And, I, yes. I, I, I thought, but okay. and then, okay, I mean, right. upon the event of uh, the uh, uh, separation of land masses mm-hmm. and the separation of people mm-hmm. inhabiting those land masses, then... Uh, adaptations occurred to fit the uh environment right. yeah the over environment.
1: so many years yes. mm-hmm. maybe i don 't know you say thousands and thousands of years mm-hmm. because uh the reason why we call mm-hmm. the light skinned white we call them white people mm-hmm. uh they 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 uh in the European some of them they wind up in the Caucasoid. Mountains. Mm-hmm. It's always cold in Russia. Mm-hmm. Russia and all those really, really cold places in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't find a lot of black people there.
2: Mm-hmm. So don't Mark, why don't you uh, fast forward to the 20th century, <laughs> 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 like you know the 50, 40, 20, 30s, 40, 50s, 40s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s sixties and you know the more current uh black history or even <clears throat> more current history. I mean what what were those what were those times like uh growing up in uh, in Arkansas? I c
1: I can't go any further back than what I've heard, you know. Uh there were people that I knew when I was young, that traveled from, well, there was a great number of slaves on the Atlantic coast, like North Carolina and Mm -hmm. South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Where did
2: your your folk come from?
1: My father came from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was not a slave, per se, but his parents, his foreparents, Mm -hmm. you know, came. And that's where they settled at. They were buying and selling people, you hmm. know, the white people were buying slaves off the ship. Hmm. And uh, they they may not have been slaves, some of them, but the original blacks were bought and sold just like animals. Hmm. And my dad came from South Carolina. When he was a little boy, they came from there to... Uh, Near Pine Bluff, Arkansas, mm. uh, when Abraham Lincoln uh, freed the the slaves, they gave a whole lot of them mules and wagons, and they gave them some seed, and told them to go south. Mm-hmm. What what is it south south uh uh-huh, huh mm-hmm. south west, and there were rivers in there, but they had had enough. Uh, Knowledge to build bridges when, where the river was narrow, you know, it had travel long ways sometimes because of the river being too wide in some places. But they build bridges where the river was narrow, mm-hmm. and they, when they gave them this, they had to free them because of what the president did, Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, they gave them something. They had to because the government said that they had to, told them to free them and and send them away. No longer. You know, keep them bound, let them go wherever they wanted to go, mm-hmm. and some of them didn't want to let them free you know, but that's- what, that's mm-hmm. why the war came about the Civil war you know <laughs> so uh my dad's parents came from South Carolina, mm-hmm. and, and I what know were their names my my you know we had names from africa mm-hmm. my my foreparents had African name, but when they got here, they had to take the name of the Massachusetts. That that owned them, that bought them. Mm-hmm. So my my father was Chalmers. That was his first name. His last name was McCormick. Mm-hmm. That's not a slave name. Right, right, that, right. That's not an African name. Right. You heard about the McCormick Palace in Chicago? Mm-hmm. That was a white family, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of McCormicks scattered around.
0: Mm-hmm. they Scottish. Yeah, yeah. Right, and right, right,
1: right. they are builders of equipment, heavy equipment. You mm. see uh, uh, all this big equipment that they build, highways and stuff with combine that they have a suite, ride mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. You see that name on there right. McCormick. Yeah, yeah. 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 So th- those are the people that owned my ancestors, McCormick. Mm. okay, so his name might have been votu <laughs> 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 So, i think i think
2: Chalmers is a uh is a, the name of a old uh farm equipment brand
1: uh-huh yeah
2: so Chalmers and McCormick were two uh nineteenth century uh heavy in- equipment in- in- equipment uh- mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, manufacturers. Mm-hmm. That was her father's name. Mm-hmm.
1: But it, it's a long, long story. Uh, mm-hmm. They say when my my dad, not my dad, but it was another older man, say they when they gave him the wagons and, and the whatever so little supply that they gave him. So they said, when you cross the river, don't mm-hmm. stop. You know, because that was black land. Mm-hmm. The river land is fertile, you know, mm-hmm. you can grow most anything you want to, but they told them don't stop. Mm. Just keep going until they cross the Arkansas River. Mm. I don't know if you know where that is or not. But anyway, it, it's a it's a big river, but in some places it gets narrower, you know. Mm. So they had bridges where it was narrow. But and then they also had ferry boats where you could put your wagon on the boat mm. and the boat would bring you to the other side. Mm. But anyway, uh, they told them keep going, you know, to go west, and that's what they did. They went west, but when they got there, it wasn't a whole lot of land cleaned up, so they, they gave them what you call homestead. Hmm. They gave some of them, uh, well they didn't just say give it to them, but one of the money they had acquired, I think uh, the government uh, had, they had to give them some money when they freed them, you know, because they had worked them all down through the centuries and and paid them. But anyway, they they uh, clean up the land. They homesteaded. My my uh, husband's uh, parents had 120 acres, mm-hmm. and several more people in that area had 120 acres. But anyway, they had cleaned it up because it was woods, mm-hmm. and when they cleaned it up, they planted uh, food to survive off and. And uh, that's how they acquired their homestead, mm-hmm. and the land. A whole lot of them is still in the family. Mm-hmm. Some of them sold it, mm-hmm. but they didn't want them to have any delta land. Mm-hmm. Right. They want mm-hmm. them to have that land that up <laughs> <laughs> in the woods. And they were they were working people. They cleaned up the land, and and it's you know they cleared it and planted what they needed, mm-hmm. and they lived mm-hmm. like that. But old family mm-hmm. that that land is still in the old family name. My husband's parents were named Price. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they were owned by a white family. Name was Lever. Mm-hmm. And there are still some Levers where we came from, Pamela oh, still some Levers there. They're black. Yeah,
2: black. <laughs> <laughs> black, <cattle. laughs> and
1: and there's still some prices there. Uh-huh. But uh, my husband's family, uh, they were prices also. But then a master came along by the name of. No, they were they were levers, mm. Mm. and the master came along and sold the. Some of the leavers to mm-hmm. a price master, mm-hmm. and that's how they got the name of Price. That's my husband's folks. Mm-hmm. But the, the 120 acres, mm-hmm. is most of it is still in the Price family, family name. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't farm it anymore. Most of them are dead. And mm-hmm. A lot of them went away to the north, you know, for employment. But it's still some of the ancestors homesteading land.
0: Is, is that how you got the interest in in farming, or not related to that at all?
2: No. <laughs> not related. <really. laughs> I <didn't> grew <get> up <laughs> just on on the price land <laughs> in the <in> woods.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. But anyway, the mm. black man is very resilient because he knows how to take care of himself and he mm. knows how to make do mm. and. The black man knew how to make do to take care of himself,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the white man dominated and knew how knew how to make them do with mm-hmm. the whip. <laughs> 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 After they Whoa. got away from the whips, Whoa. they knew how to make do for right. themselves. Yeah. So that's just that's just how it is with black people. They are resilient and they they are proud. They don't want anybody to feel like that they can't make it mm-hmm. on their, on you know on their own. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't but what about it. today?
2: I mean, is that do you think that resilience is still in the community or in the people, or you know, um, are they more reliant on the government now?
1: I I think laziness has caused them to be less resilient mm-hmm. because the government. In some cases the government had to uh, help them because of how things had happened with them in the past. You know, mm-hmm. In the distant future the government was obligated to help them, but then some of them accepted the help and said, well, I'm just going to sit down here and not going to do anything. <laughs> I'm going to wait till they bring it to me. But then some of them still want to excel. Mm-hmm. Some of them want to, you know, they want to excel. Mm-hmm. and they know there's no way to do it except through education and hard work. But so
0: so do you think the rap that they have on black people as being a lazy set of people is accurate, or do you think... Uh, I,
1: it, it partially is accurate, but the main thing is uh, they have caused them... You know, if you raise up children and you don't have them to wash dishes and clean up your room, they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. But if they know that they if you require them to do it, they will. Mm. And I think, I don't think it's laziness on their part. I think it's just that they have settled in their mind that somebody else is going to take care of me. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them, you know, not all of them are like that. uh Right. Just some of them.
0: And so how do you think, do you think it could be fixed? Or do you think it's just going to continue that way?
1: I think it can be fixed. Mm. Uh, But... that that old thing you call drugs has caused uh, a backset mm. in young people. Mm. You know, uh, back in the '60s, was it the '50s or the '60s? You didn't know too much about drugs back in the '60s, did you? It wasn't it wasn't as prevalent as it is now.
2: Mm, no, I guess in the um, late late '60s, when you had the hippies. Mm-hmm. uh the hippie age star uh i swear uh you know drugs really took off, but so in the early sixties, I was a kid, and in the late sixties I was kind of still a kid so. <laughs> i can't, I can't I miss the you you missed the, yeah, so I missed the excitement.
0: <laughs> well well, I'd like to turn to you um, <laughs> uh, ask some questions is that okay Sure. so um what what are your thoughts on some of the what your mom shared with
2: us. Um, well, you know, history. I guess the question that 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 should be asked uh, that we should ask ourselves is: To what benefit uh, is history for where? We are, mm-hmm. and where we need to be as a people today. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing your history is one thing, mm-hmm. but how does it benefit you? What do you do with it?
0: Mm-hmm. Good question.
2: Uh, how does it improve your life? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can you build from it? Mm-hmm. You know, can that motivate you? and um unfortunately, I think uh, a lot of young people mm-hmm. number one they don't they don't know their history mm-hmm. uh first and foremost, but probably more importantly, they don't even care to know mm-hmm. their history and i think not knowing their history and not caring to know their history uh stifles them and limits limits them in being what they can be uh you know if they knew some of the accomplishments of uh their ancestors um not knowing those things uh puts Limits in one's mind, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of what they can achieve themselves. Uh, you, you know, a lot of young people think that, you know, their only way to success is uh, rap music mm-hmm. or, or uh, sports, football, uh, basketball. Uh, do not even go for baseball anymore
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but what what do you think is, is so i mean the, the the younger generation is trained by the older generation well so why I, did... I,
2: I, I I don't know that there's much training going on mm-hmm. uh, and that's not the fault of the um older generation I think because you know most of you but whether you care to admit it or not, most of your training Mm -hmm. is not, it's just from observation. Mm -hmm. It's just from um, seeing and sort of doing what you see. So it's not really purposeful training, you know. Mm -hmm. This is how you do this. Mm -hmm. It's more from watching this thing being done that one learns Mm -hmm. how to do it himself. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the best way to learn, mm-hmm. and so I, I think uh, in the younger generations, I think uh, just the attitude of uh, 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 it's just a culture of uh, immediate gratification, and that just that crosses all all uh, societal uh, uh, levels in this country. It's just the, the thing about immediate gratification, uh, you know, prompts younger people to, to you know, not want to put in their time and work hard for things, but they just wanted to come overnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so, the old way of uh, you know, the, the the last generation or the parents and the grandparents generation mm-hmm. of uh, working hard or, or going to school, trying to improve yourself and, and, and um, uh, working hard to get what you to get things to get what you want, get what you need to provide for your family. It's just not seen as you know the the path to quick success these mm-hmm. days. So mm-hmm. um,
0: and, but, uh, and 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 why I I I, I want to press with a, a tougher question. Can can I um, when we hear terms like working hard, obviously a good value to have. We. We all talk about it, the whole nation talks about it, uh, uh, but is is there a possibility that people see working hard nothing less than slave labor? In other words, those guys are working hard over there, you keep telling them to work hard and nothing is coming of it, and they could see across the pond here that these guys who are making these work hard are the ones who are benefiting it. So that the term working hard does not... I'm just posing a question. I'm not suggesting that wow. it is so. That the term working hard... Doesn't, doesn't resonate? Doesn't
2: resonate
0: anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's not like it's intended to. Is that possibility? So.
2: And I actually, I agree with you. And... Could it be the that's a part of our plight? Mm-hmm. I'm because, because the term working hard doesn't resonate. Right. hmm right. Okay, Mm. so I I don't think uh, anyone would doubt that you know, as a people, we're um, we're losing ground instead of making making up ground. I mean, we we are uh, regressing in terms of our progress. Mm. Okay, now um, uh, a part of that could be an unwillingness to work hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, I do readily admit that um, working hard or hard work, as a black person, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, is is. All things are not equal Mm -hmm. so um, you know as a black person whether you're talking um, in a corporate environment or um, well certainly uh, especially in a corporate environment um, if you're black in that environment you're gonna have to work twice as hard as your peer who may not be black Mm -hmm. Uh, so certainly there are um, Inequalities right. in society, whether you're talking workplace or just uh, society in general, mm-hmm. there there are inequalities. There are higher hurdles mm-hmm. uh, based upon you know where you fall in the uh, you know in the social realm. Right, and, and so um, you know some of the resistance to quote unquote hard work mm-hmm. maybe maybe um, uh, a uh, a pushback on some of the inequalities that exist. Nonetheless, they are reality. The inequalities are out there, and one of the the, the uh, you know proven ways of over, overcoming those inequalities is just outworking the other guy. And I think that's that's less necessary. That's still necessary.
0: But is it? Let's, let's let's let me just pose it. Could it be that that's the reason it doesn't resonate? is that uh, you're asking uh, the guy, um, the previous generation succeeded because they were able to do twice as much as the other guy, in other words, just to step alongside of him. Right. Um, now, could it be that the current generation is saying, that is so brutally unfair mm-hmm. that you're asking me to do that, that I want that uh, that inequality removed yeah. I don't want to be pressured to work twice or three times or four times as hard sure. <laughs> as the other. so so
2: and they can say that and, and the current generation they can they can make that observation and and, and you know they would be correct in and and making such an observation mm-hmm. but the the point is um what are you going to do about it you, you just can't say this is not fair and I'm not going to work or, <laughs> you can't say this is not fair and I'm just going to go down to Wall Street and protest but that's and what they're, they're doing but, but, but I mean how <laughs> does that help them Well, uh, <laughs> how, how, how does it help them okay, okay.
0: so, that's the so at, at
2: the end of the day mm-hmm. uh, you have to acknowledge reality mm-hmm. and you have to do something to overcome that reality mm-hmm. and maybe some people choose to, to point it out and protest Mm-hmm. I choose to work to overcome it. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's mm-hmm. so I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. One is saying it's not. One is sort of whining about it, mm-hmm. and the other is doing something to get beyond it. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, well, could
0: could it be? And it's, I think your mom wants to say something. I let her let her say. Mm-hmm. But um, he, uh, I'm pressing that a little bit more. Um, in in the generation of the sixties and the seventies, there were all these protests. Uh, weren't those the basis of some of the successes we see today? Or you're saying that their protest is very different from the protests that young people are doing? Wh- which which way should I go? See what I'm saying? The rebellion against the status quo. Uh, that that that. that um, Help to to put a new generation on a better footing, or is this substantially different from what the Martin Luther Kings and the Malcolm Xs and those did for this generation?
1: Okay, I, I I think the one that you were speaking of back back in the sixties, Martin Luther King, they were trying to achieve racial equality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But today is is people that unhappy with the government, the way the government is set up, and the way things are being run by political parties.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, isn't I that was,
0: a good fight to
1: have? Or you? I I don't say it's a bad fight to have, but if you let the government know that you're aware of the thing that they are doing mm. to keep, uh, just like so many people are so rich, so rich, and then some over here are so poor, so poor. Mm-hmm. I I think it's, it's an opportunity to protest against uh, that mm. and let them know that you are unhappy with it, you know. But what can you
0: do so well, the rich are saying that the poor is lazy. Yeah, they, that's what and they're and saying. The, and the poor are saying the rich are stealing. Yeah, would
1: well, they are. <laughs> I would say they are. But I would, I would say to the young people of the day, or anybody... Well, get rich and you can steal. <laughs> 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 probably doing <enjoying> that. <laughs> Sorry. I would say it's three things... Uh, (laughs) Seize the opportunities that you have. Mm -hmm. Look for opportunities to excel. Mm -hmm. And then achievement. Achieve, set goals and achieve Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you are after. Mm -hmm. And don't let anything get in your way to stop you from Mm -hmm. reaching your goal. What's it? Set goals higher. Don't just set a, a little goal there and say, well, okay, I got over that. That's good enough. Just set your goals higher and higher. If you achieve one thing mm-hmm. uh, to better yourself, set another goal. Try opportunities, is one thing. Mm-hmm. Get an opportunity to try to go another hurdle. You know, a little higher, mm-hmm. a little higher, a little higher. But you got to have—that's a mindset. Mm-hmm. If they don't have the mindset to feel like, okay, if I give me a good rap record, you know, you know, that's gonna put me on <laughs> <I mean, over. laughs> that's not what it's gonna take. It's gonna take more than knowing how to rap. Right.
0: but it does. Uh, but let's not let's not knock. If you don't mind me saying this, there are rap people who are doing such darn well.
1: Yeah. Right. but so but, too. Well, well, what okay. about the rest right. of them. Right.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's the point you're making. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and uh, Ricky, if you don't mind me saying you, you you would consider yourself to have been very successful, right? Uh,
2: yeah, somewhat. <laughs> well, <laughs> so so um
0: uh, where I'm going with with this uh, I I put that as a basis to pose the question. So uh, it is possible for black people to be successful. Yeah. So how did you do it, or how would you recommend uh, for uh, the new generation to be as accomplished as you were able to?
2: Well, I, I think I've probably already given a clue. Right. Right. To my assets. Right. Which is, um, like my mom said, um, you have to uh, seize uh, the opportunities uh, that are placed before you.
0: Seizing the opportunity. Of course, we have heard that before, and we'd like to encourage you to do that again. In the interest of time, uh, we're going to continue the series as part two, which will be aired on Tuesday evening. At 8 o'clock, so please check on the journey. I encourage you, of course, to check our blog post, I Wish I Could, that is on matchboxmystery.wordpress.com, and you'll get more details about this part of the series and part two. In part two, of course, we will continue with the clips from the girls from the Dark Girls movie and uh, more from the Marina family and the Price family. I hope that you enjoy this frank discussion as we seek to celebrate black American history. I also want to encourage you to uh, uh, pull up the books that we are tracking, that is, Illicit, A Time to Begin Again, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and A Soundbite Life, In the meantime, have a great week.